was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today as my co-pilot is Michelle Graves. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm great. What a change, right? Yeah. I don't look exactly yeah. like Jeff. I know people <laughs> on the radio can't see me, but a little change up for today. Yeah, Michelle sitting well. in for Jeff. Jeff is actually having a kind of a, a, a free day today. He is fishing with his grandkids, which and is, uh, I think it's officially take your grandpa fishing day at school or something like that. Yeah, which is awesome. And spring has sprung here. Spring so has sprung. I'm so jealous. It's a good day to go fishing. It's a great day. <laughs> It's a great time of year. It is absolutely a great time. Michelle, today I want to talk about inflammation. Oh, yeah. Women have that problem a lot. I'm glad you <laughs> waited for me to have this discussion. I, did, I, did, I didn't specifically <laughs> wait for you, but uh, I'm glad that you have a connection to it because I, I think I <laughs> oh, might have I a do. solution. Oh, good. Maybe. I don't know. But the inflammation is something that we hear a lot about, especially uh, recently. There's been a lot of studies about inflammation. Here's the thing. In most cases... We consider inflammation a negative thing. That's the way that we talk about it as a negative thing. But inflammation is actually our body's healthy response to fighting disease. So when we're bloated or uncomfortable, that's a good thing? I'm I'm Unless not even going to be able and... to talk about those <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> the, thing that, the thing is, though, about inflammation, when it gets out of hand, inflammation can lead to chronic uh, health problems, including autoimmune diseases and even cancer. Yes. So foods high in sugar and saturated fat are thought to contribute to inflammation, which is why some people who have inflammatory conditions or autoimmune disorders try out low sugar diets. That's a big thing right now. Yeah, it is, right? Not a bad idea either. On the other side, though, there are foods that uh, they're finding can help actually tamp down inflammation. So what I want to do today is share a few foods and how to eat them that might help with inflammation in your body. And this is according to an article in Time magazine. Great. You ready? I'm ready. The I'm first interested. one, you're going to recognize all these foods. In fact, you probably eat all of these foods, I, I would think. But the first one is bell peppers. Okay. Do you like bell peppers? I do. Yeah, I, I do too. So the best way that they say to eat bell peppers is to chop them up and serve them with hummus or drizzled with a little red wine vinegar and some salt and pepper. And the reason that they're good for you is because bell peppers, especially the bright red ones, are high in antioxidants and low in starch. Similar to spicy peppers, sweet bell peppers contain the chemical compound capsaicin, which is known to help reduce inflammation and potentially even pain. So some real benefits to the peppers there. Definitely. And red are my favorites. So are they? I like, the, I like to have the colors. Green, green seem to be the most prevalent, but I like the reds and the yellows and the greens just because it's more visually interesting yeah. to look it, well, at when Color is it. important in it your is. food choices, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so bell peppers, go for it. The next okay. one is pears. Oh, I do like I pears. I like pears. You know what the problem with pears is in the grocery store? They're never ripe. Like well, a pear off a tree is so, so good. So yeah. I love pears, but I have to admit, I don't eat them as much as I should. Well, and they're a little, they're, they're a little spendy too, but um, if you buy them with the intent to let them ripen up, I, I don't know. I, right. I'm with you. I love pears. You're I right. Great, if you're so. patient. But I know that, I know that <laughs> in most cases when I grab one from the grocer, it, I'm not eating it on my way home. Exactly. I'm taking it home and letting it sit for a couple of days, but the way that you can eat pears, slice them up and add them to a salad with walnuts and a soft cheese. The reason they're good for you is if you're concerned about inflammation, say, for example, if you had arthritis or diabetes, 
Eating high-fiber foods like pears is a natural way to fight the problem. Fiber-rich diets contribute to healthy microbiome and promote satiety, which uh, is helpful when you're trying to lose weight. So high-fiber, pears has it. I wouldn't have thought of pears as being a high-fiber food. But it is. Good to know. Good to know. And, you know, obviously it's not the only one. There's lots of foods that are high in fiber, fruits and vegetables in particular, but I do like pears. I do too. <laughs> That's one of, one of my good foods. We agree on good that. Ones. All right. Here's the next one. Mackerel. You like seafood. Yes, I do. Do you like mackerel? Uh, it's not one of my top 10 <laughs> fishes, but tell me about it. Maybe so I'll it put like it up you there. Ha- you actually have top 10 fishes. <laughs> oh, wow. I love So fish. you really do like but seafood. But mostly shellfish. To me, almost a fish is a fish is a fish. Like, no, I don't even know if I could tell the difference. You can't even say that if you... Like I grew up on the Eastern shore, so a fish out of the ocean is like amazing compared to a fish in Utah from a grocery store frozen (laughs) in a bag. (laughs) But but mackerel is still not your favorite. No, but let me hear. Well, let me, so let me tell you, uh, mackerel is a Mediterranean staple and they say that the best way to prepare or uh, a way to prepare it, maybe not the best, but a way to prepare it is to roast a filet of mackerel. With a generous helping of herbs, olive oil, and lemon. Sounds good. That sounds good, That's right? That's always a good way to cook a fish, yes. Why it's good for you, they say the high fat in mackerel helps fight diseases characterized by high inflammation like heart disease and Alzheimer's. Mackerel is also a source of vitamin B12 and vitamin D. And vitamin D is hard to find naturally in foods. So uh, vitamin D is important for maintaining strong bones and immune system function as well as helping the body absorb calcium. So some good stuff in mackerel. Uh, Eat it in the winter when you can't go outside as much. Okay, there you go. Even (laughs) if you have to get it frozen from the grocery store. Yeah, I guess it's probably better than not getting vitamin D. Yes. All right, two more. We're going to run through these really quick. Uh, Spinach. Make a spinach salad with high fat food like avocado in order to take full advantage of the veggies, nutrients, why it's good for you. Spinach deserves its reputation as a power food. They say it's a good source of vitamin E which may help protect the body from inflammation causing molecules like cytokines. The dark color lets you know that it's a nutrient-dense food like other leafy greens. And um, I, don't, I don't like cooked spinach, but I do like raw spinach. And I'll, I'll make a spinach salad on occasion and you know, throw some strawberries or walnuts or something or in it. Or put it in a smoothie. Or put it in a smoothie, which I have done before. Yeah, that's good. So that yeah, way. I think spinach is a good choice. The last one, pomegranate seeds. Do you like pomegranate I seeds? I love them. Do you? Yes. So many grocery stores sell pa- pre-packaged pomegranate seeds, but if you want to start with the full fruit, all you have to do is cut it in half and spoon the seeds into a bowl, and then you can eat them with a spoon if you'd like, or you can add it to salads. There is a local, uh, kind of a, a local favorite that's pomegranate salad. They, they call it, what do they call it? It's called something. No oh, one knows. Anyway, I don't know. But I know. I know that it's kind of famous right. here There's in the St. George area. But. but because we grow pomegranates, like a lot of people have pomegranate treats. Right. One of the few things that we can that we grow, can grow here. here in this desert <laughs> yes. climate. So pomegranate seeds are a good source of antioxidants that can lower both cholesterol and blood pressure. In fact, experts think that a compound in them called puna collagen targets inflammation in the brain, which could help slow the progression of brain related decline. So. It's worth uh, taking a spoonful of pomegranates once in a while. Okay. Um, they're all foods that I like. Foods that you that like. That I can okay. already eat, so I'll just increase my usage. That's good Good to know. Okay. Good I, tips. I'm, I'm going to try to do the same thing. I, I, I don't know if I'll be successful in all of them every day, but I'm going to try to increase. So, 
Today, I'm excited to uh, to have our guest, Michelle. Kevin Weston is a fitness expert with a degree in exercise science from Brigham Young University. He's also a certified exercise physiologist from the American College of Sports Medicine, among many other certifications. And he loves to share his passion for exercise and human movement. And Kevin, we're glad to have you on the show. I'm glad to have you back because you've been on the show before. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's great to be here. Yeah, well, welcome. What, what do you think? What do you think about the the foods that we just talked about? Those are all great. I mean, they're all naturally occurring foods. I mean, I wasn't expecting you to say, you know, Kraft macaroni and cheese or you know something <laughs> that was wow. I wasn't, that yellow dye yeah, number, yeah. whatever yeah, exactly. is really good for you. you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, great foods that are in their natural form. That you know, usually if it's coming out of the out of the ground or off of a tree or or maybe. Out of the ocean, you yeah. know, it's probably, you know. Generally speaking, it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for you. And in, in this case, we're talking specifically about the inflammation. But in all reality, a- any of these foods are, are good for a lot of reasons. Inflammation, certainly, but uh, as many of them alluded to, uh, brain health, heart health, all kinds of things. So I, I like what you've just said. Anything that comes out of the ground from a tree or from the ocean we should probably be eating more of that. Yeah, very, very few uh, one-trick ponies with those, <laughs> with those types of foods. Well, awesome. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, body composition and uh, measurements and maybe even a little bit about self-worth and self-esteem. I think we might get into that a little bit. But before we go there, I just want to uh, help, help me understand, what does a degree in exercise science look like? Do you spend a lot of your time researching specific types of exercises or like help me what does that what does that look like well um the biggest thing probably is um so the the study of human movement of helping people to move the way that their body's designed to move okay um but you know we, we live in a society that's very sedentary and sometimes we kind of lose that ability to, to move correctly so we you know there, there's a lot of biomechanics anatomy uh, physiology that's that's behind the the degree but one thing that as as I got into the field I've learned a lot about um just human behavior you know because yeah. a lot of us know yeah it's good to be physically active and to move but for one reason or another it's it's kind of challenging we're not too. Able so we're to trying to there. help people to overcome those obstacles some of them are true obstacles and some of them are you know um excuses yeah yeah yeah, exactly you know so uh and to kind of help you know people know the difference so what do you specifically do at the live well center so i'm uh the clinical supervisor so that basically means i'm over our team of exercise physiologists and kinesiologists um so we um, teach uh classes we do uh assessments go out and do uh speaking engagements uh, such as this one to really promote preventative health Specifically in the aspect within our, our realm of practice, which is physical activity and exercise. And is that for all ages or primarily geriatric? Um, well, we. <laughs> it's funny. There was a time when the Live Well Center first opened up where it was very much mid to older adult. And that's truly is kind of our bread and butter. Yeah. But, um, but we're finding out we're, we're getting people that are much younger, you know, um, that, that still use our services. And so, um, majority of our population is that, that mid to older adult, but we're finding out, uh, that we're getting kind of all ages, all ages. really, really anyone over the age of 30 that, you know, can, can use our services. I was, uh, I, I've been involved with the Huntsman world senior games for 11 years now. So it's been a little while, but I remember the best advice that I ever received from any of our athletes was in the first year 
and uh, I, I was down and unfamiliar with the events and didn't know anybody, but I was trying to get myself familiar with with what we do and everything that was going on. So I was visiting a lot of different venues and just talking to athletes and, you know, trying to just evaluate and understand how we do things. And, um, you know, I, I was at racquetball and I was with my wife and uh, this guy came off the court and, you know, he's in the 65 age group, which was just amazing. He just played an incredible, incredible game. It was just really impressive to watch that we game. see the best of the yeah. best. So he came off the court, you know, and was kind of telling down and we were just visiting with him. And my wife was the one who mentioned, oh, my word, you're you know 65 and holy cow, you're out there doing this. This is amazing. This is so incredible. And he said, if you want to be active in your 60s, you got to be active in your 50s. And if you want to be active in your 50s, you better be active in your 40s. And if you want to be active in your 40s, then you better be active in your 30s, right? And uh, I, I just, that, stu- that stuck with me. Uh, over these last several years. Sound advice. And it, it just uh, makes sense, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, when I retire, then I'll get back into it. Or after I reach my 45, then I'm going to get started. Or, you know, after after I get through this thing that I'm doing right now. But now's the time, right? Absolutely. Now's the time. Absolutely. You know, um, like, you know, about planting a tree, you know, it's the best time either. 20 years two, ago. 20, year, <laughs> 20 years ago or today. Today, you know, right. Same thing with, uh, with uh, physical activity. Awesome. Well, it's about continual activity. You know, I mean, there's. Consistency, right? Yeah, consistency. It's not to say that you can't just pick up a new sport when you're older, but you probably won't play at the level you saw him playing at because right. he was so consistent over time, which is awesome. But the, but the beauty is, is that you can just start, just start where you are. And then just move forward from there. And that's, exactly. you know, also some great advice that I've received over the years here at the games. Yeah. The, the other thing that, you know, I, I mentioned to people you know, a lot is, you know, depending upon what their age, it's say, you know, they were 60. I say, hey, be the best 60 year old person you can right, be. Right, right. You don't have you to know? be the best 40 year old at 60. Be the best 60 year old, yeah, right? Exactly. You want to be, yeah. but you yeah. might not be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with exercise expert Kevin Weston from the Live Well Center here at the Dixie Regional Medical Center. Um, we want to talk a little bit about body composition, and let's just jump into that. What, what does that mean? We hear that catchphrase in health circles, but what is body composition? So, and, and the language that we use on a daily basis, we kind of split up into two things. It's fat mass and fat-free mass. So we're looking at adipose tissue or fat and then everything else. So muscles, bones, organs, water, anything that's not adipose tissue. And um, and then you're looking for a ratio. Bingo. That makes That mm-hmm. makes sense. And ultimately, you're trying to achieve the right ratio, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and when people, when they talk about weight management, they always want to talk in terms of pounds. You yeah. Know? And pounds is just how much gravity it takes to hold you to the earth. That's it. You know? <laughs> well, it's all it's telling you. I love you. that definition. <laughs> no kidding. That, that totally <laughs> opened might, up my mind. Yeah. There might be a, a little more to yeah. it than yeah. that. Huh? That's, all, that's all it's telling you, you know. It's just the amount of gravity <laughs> that is required to keep you centered to the yes. earth, right? Yep. I love it. Exactly. I love it. You know? <laughs> well, you're right, Kevin. I mean, we do talk about pounds. We, we all talk about pounds. How much you weigh? I lost 15 pounds. I gained 15 pounds. So, but you're saying that's maybe not the best measurement. Yeah. Um, I, I have people, you know, that will say, hey, you know, what, what's, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. Well, a pound of fat weighs the same as a pound of muscle. It's, right. You know. It's like a pound of apples weighs the same as a pound of Snickers bars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? You know. <laughs> but fat is going to take up more volume than muscle. Um, so as people are, you know, 
losing weight or as they're trying to incorporate, you know, healthy behaviors, we don't want to just use their bathroom scale as the barometer of I'm successful, I'm not, you know, because it tells you a very, very small snippet of what is actually happening based upon whatever, you know, you're eating healthier, you're getting more sleep, you're, you're exercising more. Or you're bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more or less inflammation. Back, yeah. back to that. Huh? Yeah, back to that. <laughs> so, um... I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you, but it's such a tempting tool to use because it's so available. Mm-hmm. You know, you can walk into your bathroom, you can step on the scale. I mean, it's just, it's pervasive in our society. It's like, ugh, it's like, it's the thing. It's the thing that we use. So how do you kind of step away from that concept? How do you, how do you mentally change to, okay, it's, it's one thing, but it's not everything. Yeah. So, so we have tools at the Livewell Center to, to help people that, that want a very accurate, they want to know, you know, exactly where they're at in terms of that ratio. But there's other um, tools that are out there. There's what they call skinful calipers, which is the little pinchers. Yeah. Um, okay. There's the, the handheld and, and the, uh, the scales where you step on and there's an electronic impedance that kind of can help measure. And it can, can hopefully give you, at least in the ballpark, usually those other means are going to be within a four to five to even six percent margin of error okay um but if anything let's if someone says you know i don't have access to any of those things even just doing measurements will give you a truer sense of you're going in the right direction you know rather than just saying nope i gotta lose 10 pounds it's all about the pounds it's all about the pounds maybe throwing another measurement which is inches or centimeters or you know yeah so just taking one of those little measuring tapes and wrap it around your waist and see where you're at. Use, use a baseline so mm-hmm. know where you're started at and then pro- progress from there and yeah. and uh, track your progression, I guess. Track your success. Absolutely. Because uh, would, would you recommend only the waist or waist and arms and thighs? And I mean, what, what would you recommend that's, that's most helpful? So for lowering your risk for certain chronic diseases, usually is going to be waist and hips because um, we we know through research that that abdominal visceral fat is you know has a higher likelihood of um, when it's a high amount of you know, have a higher risk of heart disease, right. diabetes. It's the most dangerous yeah, place yeah. to gain. So um, and and you know that's where a lot of us you know, and it's and it's a biological reason that we um, most of us carry our weight around there. Yeah. And, and and that's 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 um, it's it's common, um, but we don't want that to be necessarily the norm. I yeah. Mean, so, so we talked to uh, just alluded to the idea of this this bod pod concept. Let's talk a little bit about that. Define for us what a bod pod is and how it can be useful and helpful in the overall assessment of your health. Mm-hmm. So when we do tours at the Livewell Center and people walk into the room where the bod pod is, the first thing they say is, "What is this egg shape?" Spaceship looks like it's going to take me to the moon. <laughs> I've exactly seen, I've seen the bod like. pod. Yeah. We've as, been as, in as the bod Michelle, pod. Yeah. It really does It's a look Mark like and Mindy that. kind it of really thing. It really is. <laughs> it is, yeah. But it's just a chamber that someone sits in. Um, and so we do two, sometimes three tests. Each one's about 45 seconds each. And so we have to follow a strict clothing protocol where you're wearing kind of tight spandex mm-hmm. clothing because we want your volume to be as, as small as possible. And then air goes into the chamber and then air is being released out. So sometimes you might feel a slight kind of pressure change in your ears, but super easy to um, administer as compared to underwater hydrostatic weighing, which is was 
That used to be the standard. Yeah, right? but yeah, there's that's a lot of the way we measured when mm-hmm. I was in college. Yeah. That is difficult. <laughs> it's difficult because it's you have to completely submerge yourself underwater. You have to empty out your lungs. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, both for the client as well as for the clinician. Yeah. Whereas the bod pod is, it's just so much easier to administer. And <laughs> you know, is, people worry about being claustrophobic or something, but like you said, it's so quick. Like, it's yeah. really, really easy yeah. and very painless. Yeah. Yeah. No, no water Until you step out and they tell you your number. Yeah, until you find out your result. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a, a pressure gauge, mm-hmm. uh, essentially volume of air, and then it runs through some algorithm. And Yeah, because uh, uh, visceral fat, adipose tissue has a, a different density than anything else in your body. So okay. because of air displacement, air goes into the chamber, it's able to recognize, okay, this person, let's say if someone weighed 200 pounds, we can tell them, okay, they are 50 pounds of that is adipose tissue and then 150 pounds is everything it's else. So we else. know that they're 25% body fat. Okay. So, and so when you, when you step out, you're, you're kind of given that number. Mm-hmm. Um, how would someone use that? They've got a baseline now, so so now what? So it's usually a catalyst to, okay, you know, I want to make some changes. I want to eat healthier. I want to, you know, exercise more or I want to deal with stress in healthier ways, whatever the intervention is. But it's not just only about decreasing fat, but we're also looking at hopefully maintaining their lean muscle tissue um, or maybe or even potentially in- even increasing, increasing the muscle it. tissue, yeah. right? Yeah, because uh, especially as we get older, if depending upon what how active we are or inactive we are, um, we're trying to incorporate things to where we're slowing down the progression of age to where muscle isn't atrophying yeah. from disuse. We're trying to maintain that, especially especially for um, older adults. Yeah, so, that's a really important point. Yeah, so your, your skeleton's not going to change, your organs are probably not going to change, but if you can lower the fat and increase the muscle, that's going to be a positive Yes. And so you might have a situation where someone will say, you know, let's say after a couple of months, man, I'm just not losing any weight. And we find out, well, you have lost, you know, three pounds of fat and you gained two pounds of muscle. And so that's why so your you only tells yeah, you you've you only lost a pound. <laughs> yeah. You're actually doing this exactly how we want to, to, to work. But in your mind, you're telling yourself that you're a, failure you're a failure because you're only using your bathroom scale as the measuring stick. Yeah. And then you start to shame yourself. Yeah. This is a much better way. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So, um, you step out of the bod pod, you decide, okay, I'm, I'm ready to make some changes. I feel like I can do better than I'm doing. Um, we talked at the beginning of the show a little bit about human behavior and motivation. What, what advice do you have for people that starts them on the track, but maybe more importantly helps keep them on track? Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a, a number. It's just a baseline. You know, I, I tell people all the time when they get into the bod pod, I say, listen, this is going to tell us your body composition, not your value as a person. So <laughs> buckle up that, uh, you know, we, we don't know what the results are going to be when you come out, but don't let that be the only gauge of, of what your progress is. But ultimately, this is helping you to, to make, not to sound cliche, a lifestyle change to where it's something that is sustainable that you can do consistently. Um, and it's not always about more exercise or eating less. Sometimes we have people that are doing those things and we find out they have poor sleeping habits or they have a super stressful job or they have other things going in their life that, you know, could relate to more production of cortisol, cortisol. and other stress yeah. hormones. And so we, there, there's a lot of different ways to address these issues than just only, oh, you got to exercise more and eat less. 
Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. That's all the time that we have to visit with you, but we really appreciate you coming in and sharing your expertise. And it's worth noting that um, the BodPod is available here locally at the LiveWell Center, but uh, a BodPod would be available to our listeners who are outside of the area at their uh, local hospital potentially as well. It's worth looking into. Or universities. Or universities. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Michelle, registration, of course, for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open. And we've already reached our caps in a couple of sports already, specifically pickleball and bowling. But don't despair. Get in there, go through the registration process, and get on the waiting list. We're often able to get people off the waiting list and into the competition. There's lots of other sports to choose from, though, if your particular sport is close. So don't delay. Visit SeniorGames.net and register today. The 2018 games, uh, the 2018 dates for the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. So you've still got plenty of time to get registered and get prepared. And get in shape. And get in and shape. And get to the, your bod pod so you have a baseline. <laughs> so you know where so you're that at. you know how to work and motivate Absolutely. yourself to achieve. To achieve. That's what we're and looking for. And then set our games as your goal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can even find us in your Stitcher app as well. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Hit that subscribe button, and you will never miss an episode. Our inspirational thought for the day, Michelle, comes from the great philosopher Bob Marley. Oh, love the life you live. Sing it, sing it. Live the life you love. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye bye.